I've got that pre-coffee deep voice right now. Oh, yeah. I had that this morning, I just, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I better have a cup of tea. <laughs> Run around the block. <laughs> <laughs> I like this voice. I try to keep it as long as I can. Yeah, it's very day. sexy, David. That's for sure. <laughs> I always tell people to lower lower your register because when you do, you get more grounded. Oh, 100%. right? And you're more focused and you're more focused on what you're doing and being, you know, active in the moment, I think is really important. Oh, yeah. To understand that. So I want to welcome everyone to Versa Vision. We have our special guest, uh, David Josh Lawrence, who's a writer, actor, producer, and he's been working in LA for the last 16 years. He's been the head of acquisitions for Glasshouse Distribution since 2019. And he was a previous story consultant for Alpha Animation. His many film credits include Ask Me to Dance, Trauma Therapy, Trauma Therapy Psychosis, and the Emmy Award-winning Martian American, to name a few. In addition to these credits, Dave is also producing television content for Glasshouse and developing feature films for co-productions. And full disclosure here is you're also one of my favorite clients. So welcome to our room, David. Talk to us about your journey. I mean, you're you're multitasking, multi-hyphenated. I mean, talk to us about how you got started and and you know what was it the what was your first passion? Was it writing, acting? What was it? Yeah, I've got this pitch down to like three minutes. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see, <laughs> I let's see if I can get this done. Um, so I, I like to tell a little personal story about myself to kind of give you an idea of why I got into what I got into. Um, and uh, so when I was sixteen, I had cancer, uh, and I was you know deathly ill, um, and I got better, you know, through miracles, etc. And when I got better. Um, I wanted to help people. So, because I had been helped so much by the people around me. And so I, the, my, the clearest path for that I thought was firefighter. So I worked hard, became a firefighter. And then I had post-traumatic stress from that job because I clearly wasn't great at it. Um, but the, um, but that led me to a therapy where you get your emotions out through reenacting what happened, kind of like an improv class. And uh, in that class, you know, people get better pretty quickly. It's also known as uh, exposure therapy now. But that was my first, you know, moment, the, my first experience acting. And, uh, and, and and you don't just play yourself in scenes about you. You also have to participate in other people's therapy. And so I would participate in other people's therapy. And I had the same amount of of, of emotion, the same amount of, of intensity. And, you know, it wasn't a performance. It, you were there to, to, to be, you know, the abusive father for somebody else to get their therapy from. So it was very, right, it was very, right, right, right. Wow. Yeah, it was a very selfless and very um, organic way to finding acting. And, um, and after a certain amount of time, the, the, the therapist said, you know, David, a lot of people, I'm sure you've noticed, have moved on from this and you're still here, but you still have breakthroughs every day, every day that you come in here. She goes, I, I think you're, she's like, I don't think you're not getting better. I think you're, I think you're an actor. And I was like, I mean, what's, yeah, I'm like, I'm here to, I wanted, I wanted to help people. What the hell is an actor going to do to, to help anybody? And, uh, and, you know, I'm kind of combining some characters here, but she said to me, uh, you know, if you tell stories that change people's perspectives, you can help a lot of people. And uh, you're currently not much of a firefighter right now. So you might consider, 
you know, a, a, a career in storytelling. <clears throat> so, you know, acting was the, the, the first entry into that world. And, um, and I started, I felt very comfortable there as well. Um, and then the writer strike, um, happened, I think it was back in like 2006 or so. And I had already started acting, um, on TV shows, uh, you know, playing a firefighter, um, you know, day player roles, things like that. I was pretty green, but you know, my agent at the time who saw me in a play out, out in Riverside, um, she was getting me jobs playing firefighters, kind of glorified extra work, but you know, any, anytime they had a, an actual truck and they needed an actual person, an actual firefighter who was licensed and all that, they would call me in. Um, and then all that went away with the writer strike. And so a couple of my friends got together and we, we came up with an idea for a pilot and we raised the money and we shot it. And this is back in like 2007, 2008, and it went pretty well. And we, we sold the concept or we sold that we sold the, the, the pilot didn't get made past then, but we I felt like, oh, now I feel like I'm kind of starting to do what I said I was going to do, which was be a part of the storytelling, um, rather than as an actor, you're kind of a, you're playing your part and you're, you're telling that part of the story and you're helping, you know, another artist tell their story. And I, I really enjoyed having a say because I really wanted to instill that, you know, stories that change people's perspectives idea. So that led to another pilot. We wrote another pilot um, that did well. We sold that as well. And then I had this like growing passion for writing, which, you know, blossomed into me getting some pretty cool um, mentors. I had a, a mentor, I won't say his name now, um, but he uh, he was a director for Disney for 20 years. And he really taught me everything he knew about writing that he learned from Disney. And he had directed, I think, something like five or six animated features. And the writing process with animation is very, you know, it's like cooking a it's like cooking uh, it's like smoking meat it's low and slow you know it's it just takes a long time to develop they're spending 150 million dollars in some of these things and you know we pine over every joke it has to be four quadrant you know it has to hit every demographic and so you know that process really distilled the writing process for me and also the collaboration part because i'm more of a collaborator than a than a than a, than a single writer. I wouldn't even call myself a writer. I'd call myself a storyteller. People who are writers are people who could do, you know, um, polishes and things like that. And, and they can, you know, clean up scripts and, and then they, you know, they know all the rules and, and I know a lot of the rules because of the, the, the animation stuff, but, um, I'm more of a storyteller, like an overall bigger picture kind of okay. guy. Okay. I have a quick question here. Yeah. What, what was that first story that you told? So really to be honest, if I'm being honest, <laughs> the first story that I told was probably when I was a kid and I lied to my mom. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> the first story that I told um, that made me any money was actually, well, we made money off the two pilots. One pilot right. was called was called Havoc, and it was a you know it was a in a world where you know ghouls and goblins and vampires and werewolves are actually a part of our past and we're starting to evolve back into them again it this the story you know followed a an agency filled with half breeds who can control their beastly outbreaks and they were supposed to you know uh, they, they were called anytime somebody was having a beastly outbreak and turning into a werewolf or whatever and and so within that i you know <laughs> I, it was yeah i know I, it, honestly I it's, it, it. It, it, it's 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 funny because i 
you know, I wanted to help people. I wanted to change people's perspectives. But even if it meant, you know, escapism, that was part of it as well. Um, but I'm starting to now, now that I'm writing solo more often, I'm getting more opportunities to kind of do that storytelling where I actually change people's perspectives and I and I have more of the things that I care about within the story. Not that I don't like, you know, collaborating. I do. But yeah. Right. So, so would you say that acting is a, a, a true passion of yours? Yeah, it's where I feel most grounded, most, most, most at home. I feel like, I feel like I, I escape and I also feel more than ever when I'm acting. I get to, I, I, uh, the, emp the empathetic exercise of it, just based on where I come from with acting, it, it, it just feels more like therapy than than a performance um so that's but it's that, a that's release still... right it's release of, yeah. like channeling your energies into something else and then you can kind of see them too right yeah 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 and um i i got sidetracked sorry but just to bring it full circle i um you know became an actor then started writing and then a buddy mm -hmm. of mine started a distribution company and i had recommended somebody be a, an assistant for the for the uh, distribution company and that person didn't show up on the day and my buddy goes hey your friend who you recommended didn't show up and i said oh crap well i'll come i'll come and do it and he's like no 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 you don't you don't have to come he's like it's not a big deal and i was like no no, no i'm gonna come i came and the district the, the market the film market the american film market changed my entire trajectory but also the way that i tell stories and i was able to understand that you know the 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 delicate balance between art and commerce and i after that first day of working as an assistant i could recognize when a when, when a project was you know half baked and i could recognize when you know when something was on the money and i could recognize when there was real talent attached or when there was you know or when there was you know a little bit of delusion you know, in, in there. And so I started categorizing all the filmmakers that came in because my job as the assistant was to keep the filmmakers away from the guys who were selling the movies that they had already acquired, and mm. but to take take note of any movies that they need to watch later. And so this just came supernatural to me. And I really enjoy talking to filmmakers because I am one and, you know, I, I understand the process that they go through and, you know, the blood, sweat and tears that's shed over, you know, art. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I love connecting with those people. And also as an actor, as an actor, there's no better place than, than, than your job is to talk, is to, is to make friends and, 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 you know, become friends with filmmakers. So, you know, I have, <laughs> I have, I have a Rolodex of hundreds of filmmakers that I've been in contact with over the past seven years, um, which as an actor is great. I, I haven't tapped into it as much as maybe I should, but you know, that's kind of how I got into distribution after the first day, my, you know, my now boss and partner, he said, uh, do, you, do you want a job? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I think within a year, they moved the person who had my job over to sales and I became head of acquisitions within a year of my job. Well, congratulations on that. That's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Thanks you. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you, you know, you're also a writer, so you know, writing is at the big, very beginning, so you get that done. So that takes concentration and focus and, and creativeness. You've got to create the storylines and all of that. Then, then how do you take that and then put on the producer hat to kind of get it done in the way that it needs to get done, put, every, you know, put the project together, you know, cast actors, 
all of those things that make up what a, you know the job description that a that a producer does. Yeah, yeah. My 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 uh, my process is fairly organic. Um, it was never like a a thing where I was like, oh, I, now I have to produce. I was always producing the entire time I was writing. I was producing. So the moment I have a great concept, I start working it out with my fellow filmmakers, with the people in my community. Um, and I've been blessed that, you know, I have been, you know, knee deep in a community of filmmakers for a long time, not just as an actor, but as a writer. But I find that the best way to be a part of a community is to do your best to be of service to as many people as possible. Somebody needs a free extra show up on that day, be that free extra. Those things add up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you, you're a free extra, you know, for, for a couple projects of one guy, you know what I mean? You're that guy is going to pay you with time spent, you know what I mean? And, 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 and giving you some information that you didn't have previously. Yeah. And so I did that. I, I put that work in early, you know what I mean? Even though, you know, I was, I think two or three years in and I was already, you know, writing projects that we had already sold or optioned, you know, I, I, I didn't have an ego about it. I just, I knew and I think the smartest thing my mom ever said was, you know, and, and she got it from other people too, but, you know, she believed in it. She said, there's no, you know, the, the, there's no dumb questions. Always ask questions, you know, always assume you know nothing and then you'll learn. Um, and I just did that nonstop. I still, to this day, like, I mean, most people don't know the things, most people aren't quite aware of, of, of the I guess now I could say kind of the, va the the scope of knowledge that I have with the film industry, because I usually am asking questions of people and, and their process, even if they're younger than me, because, man, I've met younger people that were further ahead in their career. And I'm like, hey, man, how'd you do that? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like yeah, give me give me the sauce, you know, and they're like, you've got sauce. And I'm like, I don't know. There's a sauce you're not telling me about. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think don't you think that the only way to learn the job is to do it. I mean, I, I really believe no matter what job you have to start with, yeah. you, you don't know what it is that that job is going to encompass. And totally. you don't know the, you know, the ins and outs. You, you don't know what pitfalls you're going to have, what fail, failings you're going to have. You don't know any of that. You don't know what excitement you're going to have. You just know that today is the first day to make this project happen. And yeah. so... You know, by doing it, that's how you learn. And every single, pro I know every single project that I used to work on, every single one was different. You knew the basics, you know, like we know how to put this together, but the demands, the the, the demands are very different. You know. You know, I I think one of the best, you know, some some other things that kind of aided, aside from being you know part of a community and and trying to be of service, um, you know, one of my side hustles after. Um, after firefighting and acting all went away was I became a salesman and in sales, you ask questions mm -hmm. to figure out what you need to give the, 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 the customer. And so, or, you know, whoever you're selling to. Um, and so that, that, that same thing goes for filmmakers. It's like, you know, if you're a producer, you need to ask the appropriate questions. So you know what you have to accomplish. And then you have to go out and do that with an urgency that I also like to liken to, you know, the waiting tables, you know what I mean? Like when you're waiting tables, you've got, imagine each table that you're waiting on is a different fire that you're putting coal on top of, right? Yes. And, and you, everybody says they got many irons in the fire. Well, that's what waiting tables is. It's just 
a little bigger picture and, and, and each of these, you know, tables or these fires that you have going, they all require some wood they all re or, or whatever it is to get it going, some gas. And, and so you have to, you know, ignite them little by little, one by one, you know, you know that this group, you know, you're working on a project with on the left, you know, they need a you need to give a little bit more um, attention to, you know, somebody who's going to be doing you a favor. You know what I mean? You need to check in on them and see if they need anything, any help on any of their personal projects or even if they need to move their house. You know what I mean? You got to make sure that they're ready to go when your project is ready to go. And so it's just taking care of all these little groups of people to make sure that when the time comes, they'll take care of you. And if they don't, that's fine. You'll find another way. And because yeah. you've been so helpful with so many other people, people are happy to pass a hard worker on to another person that they know that can help you with the project. And so I think it's also important to know what you're not good at. And, and, and Ooh, to- Oh, I like that. I like just, that. Yeah. And to surround yourself with the people that are good at those things that you're not good at, you know what I mean? And, and cherish those people because, I mean, I cherish, um, you know, uh, uh, line producers, I cherish, um, you know, production coordinators, um, I, I cherish, you know, first ADs, people that can do the, the very technical, very specific planning and the, you know, sending, sending, you know, you know, uh, call sheets and, and, and setting up the budget and setting up the day of day, day, day of days and, and all that stuff that I'm not good at. I have ADHD and I have like serious, severe dyslexia, um, to the point where like when I was a kid, I had to look at a board full of left and right arrows, B, lowercase b's and d's, p's and q's, and I would have to recite them as I saw them to kind of like write those things. So like I, when I look at big graphs and, 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 and pages of stuff, I, I, like I get dizzy. <laughs> so, so, I, so I, I think we all do, David. You know me, I, I miss things. <laughs> I flip things. So, so I have to have those people that are good at those things. And so, and, and so it's important to know yourself and, and not feel like you have to do everything, but know the value of the people and, 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 and service that, you know, their, their value, you know what I mean? Try to be of service to them as much as possible. If you don't have, you know, a, a, a way to, to monetarily, you know, uh, satisfy, um, their, their value. So yeah, that, that's, that's kind of the most important part for, in terms of producing, like I said, I start, you know, early on with my, my concepts, I tell my friends and that's how I find, that's how I find my story is I, I tell my, my friends the, the, the story of the movie before it's done and, and, and prompt them to ask questions that I don't have answers for yet. And then I come up with the answers on the spot. And then I'm like, okay, that's a good answer for that. Yeah. Okay. That's now the story's <laughs> starting to take shape, you know, and they don't know that they don't know that, uh, that they are the hammer that I am chiseling away at this story with. Mm, that's true though isn't it but that's the but that's it it's like you know ha having the the wherewithal to bring people in like you were saying earlier the you know like the failings that you have the shortcomings that you have you then can reach out and bring people in to enhance that area and make that work really well and i think that's you know that's the mark of a good producer i don't think you know it's uh you know, just because you have the failings doesn't mean that you can't reach out and get people to do the very thing that, you know, you want to get done, you know, because that's the only way you're going to get it done is to move forward and create opportunities for other people to come in and be part of that, your journey. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, also on the producer side, um, I'm, 
you know, there's books out there that you could read about how to, you know, kind of get into, you know, certain kinds. And and my boss, uh, Tom Malloy at uh, Glasshouse Distribution, he's also an actor, writer, producer, and he had been, you know, doing panels and, 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 and I mean, being invited to, you know, CBS to uh, give speeches to their producers on how to produce. And he's produced, you know, I think something like 20 or 30, 30 films raised over, you know, 20 something million dollars in private equity for films and stuff like that. And he had a book called Bankroll. And uh, Bankroll uh, was a was a best selling uh, book on uh, film finance. And so I was lucky enough to become friends with not lucky. I, I made it happen. I, I became friends with Tom on purpose because I wanted to because because he, he had a similar trajectory as me. And I wanted to surround myself with people that had similar, you know, views. And so, mm-hmm. so he, so, so I connected with him and I've been learning from him just through osmosis for so long. I went to one of his speeches and I'm just realizing I've heard all of these stories just in passing, hanging out with him. And now I'm, I'm sitting here watching him, you know, tell it to people and getting paid to give this speech. And, and his book, uh, Bankroll on film financing, it, you know, it starts off small. It's, it's all about you know, it's all about the personal connections and, and finding private equity. Um, and so I urge you to try to find that. He also has a, uh, he also has a class online where he basically does videos and he tells you everything that's in the book. And it's called, uh, I believe it's called uh, filmmaking stuff, uh, hq.com. Uh, and, and so that's a really great place to start for producers, um, you know, to really understand how to, how to kind of uh, get it going. Absolutely. So what would, you know, what would you, like, how, how do you decide what script to, to use to start creating your film? Like, what is it about the script that comes alive for you? You know, sometimes, so I, when I'm working on other people's scripts, I love that because it's, there's no pressure, you know, it's not your baby. And I, and I can make, you know, and I, I, yeah. And I, and I don't make suggestions based on what I want to see. I make suggestions based on what I feel is needed to express the story in the most uh, vivid way. And so when I'm working on my own projects, they've, they've come, you know, kind of in different ways. So two of the films that I've written or co-wrote with Tom actually, uh, that were produced was Trauma Therapy and Trauma Therapy Psychosis. So it was a, you know, a sequel. And uh, those came to us because simply out of, you know, us wanting to act in something together. And and we were like, all right, well, what do we have access to? So it was, it was a purely, you know, deconstructed, you know, um, you know, kind of reverse engineered situation. We said, all right, what do we have? And at the time we had a friend who had a, a cabin up in Big Bear. And we said, all right, we got a cabin in Big Bear. Okay, what can we go for? Where can we go from there? And then, uh, you know, we were like, all right, we, we got these actor friends of ours. Some of them, you know, pretty great. Um, you know, one of our friends, um, you know, had a pretty decent name and 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 he he was down to do anything with us. And we, he had a little downtime. And we said, okay, great. We got those, those three elements. And we're like, all right, let's figure out like some sort of like, you know, horror thing or something. And, and I, and I had only seen Tom 
so sometimes it comes out of like necessity, you know what I mean? It's the mother of invention, right? And mm -hmm. I and and I had never seen my buddy Tom play a character where he was being he, he used to be a motivational speaker. And I said, We gotta get you playing a motivational speaker, man. Cause that's when you're coming alive. That's when you're like the most you you can be. And I said, But we gotta have some edge there. And so I started looking up, you know, ideas from or, or looking at motivational speaking and, and that's what starts to um, generate my ideas. So I start to look on YouTube for, you know, motivational speakers. So it could start anywhere. And then I saw this, um, I saw this, I mean, it's more like propaganda, but I saw this documentary on Tony Robbins and I was just like, it felt so, it felt like it was all planned because it was all him backstage and it was, it was called, I'm not your guru. And yes, I thought to myself, yes, yes, I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. And I thought to myself, this is propaganda. Like this is so planned. Oops. Sorry, somebody called in. Um, so anyway, I looked at it and I go, oh my God, I figured it out. I said, what if, what if Tony Robbins was actually just this like kind of, you know, Machiavellian, you know, kind of, uh, you know, creating almost like a, like a, um, like a cult, you know what I mean? It's almost cultish, you know what I mean? It's a few steps away from being cultish if they all live together. I said, I said, what if we, sorry, I said, what if we, um, what if we put Tony Robbins? I literally got four calls all at the same time. No <laughs> joke, like one right after the other and then voicemails right after anyway. Um, so, so I said, you know, what if we did a, you know, a, a movie where Tony Robbins is, is a bad guy and he's bringing people in and he's doing, you know, like, like violent experimental therapy. And I threw in, the therapy that I went through to find acting, exposure therapy. We called it drama therapy was the original name. And then we ended up calling it trauma therapy. So it really came from my from my experience. And and, and then I, I, I had to have these characters that were down on their luck. And so I pulled these characters from what I um, what I found to be different parts of my personality. I said to myself, okay, I, I, and I just hyper focused on each of those. I was like, well, you know, there was there was this time in my life when I was young and and I was a child and I lied all the time. That was the beginning of my storytelling. I lied to my mom all the time because I, I was horrible in school. And I mean, hor like dumb lies that, you know, nobody would believe, um, you know, that that my that my teachers didn't send me homework home with homework and that they're lying that they did. And my mom's like, why would your teachers lie that they said that they didn't that they that they sent you home with homework it like they wouldn't make sense and so i i took that character and i was like all right let's go with a pathological liar and then i had this other character who you know was kind of a coward because when i was young i felt you know kind of cowardice sometimes and i took these parts of my personality and i i, I developed whole characters around them you know what i mean and, and it was each of the characters were just me just if i had focused on that one insecurity or that one, you know, flaw. And so that's where that came from. Um, and, but then recently I've got two new scripts, um, that are solo projects and they were, they were, they were inspired by, you know, family. I have a family, a family friend who had schizophrenia and, and, and his story, he was the only person that was there for me when I had cancer. And I, and I really, really love him. And I, and he, and it's really hard to watch him go through what he went through. And he said this thing to me, he goes, 
I saw him a couple of years after he had gone through the worst of it. And I said, do you, do you still have those thoughts, those feelings that, you know, that there's somebody chasing you? And he goes, oh yeah. He's like, everything's still there. He's like, I just, it's dulled now with the medication. So I don't know. I know. And I know that people feel uncomfortable when I tell them that, but I still believe the FBI is after me. And I still like recognize and I, and that broke my heart. And I started looking at our homeless problem that we have, you know, in, in LA and, and in other parts of the world. And I saw a homeless man doing martial arts in front of a martial arts studio. He's watching inside the, the window, everything they're doing, and he's copying everything they're doing. And it just popped in my head. And I was like, oh my God, I have this movie idea. And the whole story was just laid out in front of me. It was just, it's called Kung Fu Hobo, in case anybody's in, curious. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I just finished it and we have investors that are that are interested. And, and, and so, and we're looking at talent right now as well. But it's, it's the story of, from the perspective of somebody with schizophrenia who sees themselves as the, as the hero of their own journey, as we, as most of us do, but sees the world in such a beautiful way that he almost doesn't want <clears throat> to, he doesn't want to dole it. And that's how a lot of these people with mental illness um, go through life is, you know, you give them the medication, they go, oh, why would I want to see things your way when what I see is so beautiful? And so it's really the, the idea behind that is to, is to have to, to 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 give people empathy for these people and, and put them inside of their shoes, so that when you see somebody on the street screaming, you know that it it is high stakes for these people, and they are doing the things they're doing because they're hearing voices. And more often than not, it's selfless stuff. It's like go to the I heard this story from from an interview. Uh, it's, it's stuff like go to the go to the ocean and and bathe in in the ocean, even if they're in like, let's say, Oklahoma, they're like, walk there with no shoes or your family's dead. And these these people are 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 hell bent on keeping their family alive, you know, and and that's that there there's there's strength and there's power and there's and there, mm-hmm. there, there's courage there. And so I wanted to show that and I, and I do it in a fun way. Um, but yeah, so so they come from different places, you know what I mean? And mostly from my own experience and from my own family, you know, I mean, I did another movie or uh, another movie, but I did a proof of concept. Um, my dad was a hell's angel. And this concept came from if 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 my dad didn't die and if I didn't get cancer and I went along the same road as my father and got into bikes and and what would what would my life look like? And that that was the movie. It was called Son of an Angel. And that came from a friend of mine saying, hey, I got this idea for a movie called Son of an Angel. It's a faith based movie. And I said, cool. I was like, I was the son of a hell's angel. And he was like, what? <laughs> and then that yeah, became yeah, the, that yeah. became the movie. So it it can really come anywhere. It's like if all you're thinking about is the industry, if all you're thinking about really is creative, you know, fun stuff and storytelling, it, it, the, the, the ideas will find you. So you've written, it's, it's, I mean, it's, what an incredible story. The fact that your father's a hell's angel is, is incredible. Because that's, you know, you can understand where all of that uh, early childhood trauma came from, you know. This, it's, yeah. Yeah, you can see that. But um, but anyway, I, that's um, but look at you now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you kind of love that, you know. <laughs> you know what's super funny and kind of humbling is, you know, yeah, we we had you know you had got me a job, um, I'm on this uh, western uh, called the uh, the Wild West Chronicles. And uh, I'm on set, and we're um, you know I had already done all my dialogue, and we're sitting in a in a fake church, um, doing a fake wedding, and we're throwing fake flower petals, and we had probably thrown and and every time we throw the fake flower petals, 
we have to go down and, and pick up all the pedals and throw them again for the next take, right? And we're just like, you know, and, and I think we had done this like 20 times and we're all laughing and I'm looking at other 30, 40 year olds and I'm just like, this is a silly job. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> so let's continue with your producing. Um, so, you know, so you've got your finished script, everything's been approved. Now you need to find money and you need to put to start the ball rolling with the next process, the next step of, of this script's journey, so in this story's journey. So where do, you, where do you start? How do you make all of that happen? Um, you know, like I said before, for me, I've been collecting, you know, filmmakers and people in different positions right. um, for a very long time. And so a few places that you can, you know, reach out to is, for early on, you know, well, well, for me specifically, I go to my friends who have other films that they have had produced with private equity and I show them the project and I say, hey, I've got a project. Not sure it's a, if it's up your alley, but if it speaks to you, you know, maybe we talk about, you know, bringing you on as a producer, knowing that they have access to, you know, money because you want to find out if they're interested first. You know what right. I mean? You, you don't want anybody, you don't want to pitch anybody on something. You want to you want to find out first, hey, do you like this idea? Do you even like this? You know what I mean? Like, and get them emotionally invested in the project. And then, you know, they've done it before with private equity. Maybe they'll do it again. And maybe they don't like the project. Maybe they're not a big fan of the script. Maybe they got notes. And it's like, all right, well, I'm down to take notes. Um, you know, de you know, depending on who you plan to show this to, if I know you're going to show it to somebody who matters to you, then I'll, then I'll do some notes, then I'll take your notes and I'll, and I'll, and I'll adjust it until you're happy. And then you bring it to your, your people that you, that you've financed movies with. That's one way. The other way is, you know, depending on your reach, you know, you may be able to get somebody attached, get, um, you know, somebody with experience attached so that you can start to build your your foundation of uh, of talented people that 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 are going to make a, an investor or a bank comfortable with this investment. Um, and so it's getting harder and harder uh, to do that. Um, so there's kind of some sweet spots. So I feel like under under 500k so closer to be honest closer to uh, i mean on the distribution side i'm i'm seeing this happen um you know places like uh even tubi um you know they're getting into just financing ultra low budgets uh because it's it's you know less risk and so 200,000 and under is actually a pretty sweet spot for genre films and so I mean, it starts, I mean, versus to be honest, like to go find money for the movie, like it really depends what kind of movie you got going yeah, and how much yeah. it and how much it is. So it's like the way the way that I approach it is I go, all right, well, it, it has to be within a genre that sells because at two hundred thousand dollars, you're not going to have enough money to be able to afford a name talent for the run of the show. And so you need to kind of play Moneyball. I don't know if you've seen the movie Moneyball. Yes, yes, yes. But the idea is that, you know, uh, you know, the Oakland A's, um, instead of trying to get a bunch of stars, they got a bunch of people that had, you know, really good stats. And so these statistics about of getting on base is all they wanted. They didn't need, you know, home run hitters. They just needed people with high percentages of getting on base. So, and they, they stacked the deck and they could afford that. And so that's what you do with, 
with uh, you know the project you're looking at. You make sure you have enough characters that you can fill that that film with people that have you know a mild monetary value, uh, so you can kind of guarantee some return. And by and 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 so so it all starts with really the creation of the project. And a lot of people have you know they, they, their first projects. You know, you, you don't want to do a drama your first project. You know, that wants that that should be your sixth project. So I always say there's a there's a drama inside every, a good drama a a good genre film has a great drama inside of it. So yeah, I use Shang Chi as an example all the time, which is Shang Chi is you know the big Marvel action martial arts mm. you know science fiction uh, mo movie, um, but at the core of it is a great family drama about the loss of a mother and 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 the and the breakup of a family and then a father's struggle to kind of you know mend that and get bring the family back together after you know he kind of ruined it by not being there for everybody so that's that's the family drama that's inside of that so if you could find take your family drama and find a way to add a genre that organically works with the drama and just intensifies it and ups the stakes then you're going to have a better shot at being able to <clears throat> go to places to pitch your project. Now, um, another option for finding financing is going to markets. You know, it's it's an investment, but it's, you know, something like 300 bucks for like a day pass, I think, for the American film market, which is accessible to most people, uh, you know, in the US. Um, and you, you have to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row. You know, you've got to have your deck ready, you've, your script ready. If you've got a proof of concept, that's fantastic. You, if you could, re if, if it shows what you can do, you know, I mean, if your proof of concept, you know, is you shooting on an iPhone, unless you've got some like stellar DP working on it where you can't tell it's on an iPhone, better to not ruin somebody's imagination of what your project can be. And then really, really practice pitching your project because the pitch is everything. You want to get people excited about working with you. Oftentimes it's your excitement and your you know, your personality and your drive that people will buy. They're going to buy you and the, the project, even if they don't want that project, they'll, they'll, they'll listen to another one of your pitches because you entertain them and they know that you're serious and they may have another project for you. You never know. So you go to the, yeah. you go to a film market and, you know, <clears throat> if you can set meetings, set meetings, but if you don't have a finished project, um, <clears throat> you, you're going to want to go to the, um, to the, you, you do your homework. You have to do some serious homework. You'll, you'll get a list when you sign up to go to the American film market of all the distributors, look up each of the distributors and find out which of them have financed their own movies. And you could find that on IMDb pro. So again, a little bit more investment, <clears throat> but it's not that much of an investment. If you're paying 300 for that, you know, some a bunch of time spent on this. You're asking somebody to put hundreds of thousands of dollars into something you could put in some groundwork. You know what I mean? And yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. And so you you find out which of these companies are 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 financing movies and taking pitches. You try to set up meetings. If you can't set up a meeting, show up uh, you know on the day and show up a couple times during the day and see if they have an opening to hear your pitch. Um, and that's another way that you can get started. See if they, you know, would be interested in your project and and. Uh, and, and if they're interested, then you're you're off to the races. You know, there's plenty of them that do, you know, micro budgets now. Like our company does micro budget movies. We finance. Um, so what is that? What is that range? That micro budget is is I mean under a hundred thousand. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, the you it's very difficult to do a micro budget in L.A. 
more often than not, you know, you it's it's easier to do in your hometown, wherever you're from, because you could pull those favors. Um, and then you just spend your money on your crew. You know what I mean? And uh, and, and that's that's the trick, really, for the, the micro budgets and make sure that you have a concept that is not high, not not crazy dependent on special effects and and things like that unless you have somebody who's a producer who's on the project who's bringing that for free for so sweat equity that's great um but make sure it's within a genre that sells you know action sci-fi horror um so that's another you know yeah I, one question i have you know with your deck do you just want to go through what a deck entails what what one needs to include in it how long it should be what 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 is the average yeah, know. I mean, well, the average deck everybody says is around six uh, pages. Now, um, the average deck is, you know, I, I like short decks. I like, you know, any anywhere between 12, 12 and 15 uh, pages for a deck. And what you want on there is your first page should be, you know, your 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 log line, your synopsis, because you want to catch the reader, your title. Um, that's really super important. You know, people spend, you know, thousands of dollars once you've got a project like, like in distribution, we'll, we'll, we'll have people, we'll spend money on, on changing a, a, a synopsis and a log line because it's the first thing that people click on when they decide whether they're going to rent your movie or not. So really got to nail that. Um, and then you, you know, after that, you know, you've kind of got your you know, your, 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 your team that's attached, you know, the kind of the visual storytelling and, and all of that. Um, you've got your, you know, kind of, if it's, if it's going to, to somebody like a distributor and they're, they're, you know, they're looking to finance and you know that they work in the micro budget, you kind of have your budget set up. Um, you know what I mean? It, whatever you have, whatever attachments you have, any of your in-kind attachments, anything that's coming for free, you know, your, your team that you're building with, you know, you, you have them and their, their bios in there. Um, you've got your characters, your character descriptions and all of that stuff. And with those character descriptions and those images, you know, you really want to make sure that you're using high quality images. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest using real people as your characters. I would, I would find, um, you know, I would find care. I would find people, you know, that or, or images that make sense for the character rather than, you know, trying to pitch an actor. Because sometimes, you know, you never know, though, you 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 you, you want to let their imagination do some of the work. So, you know, and, and again, not everybody. It's so funny. Everybody has a deck and 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 it's it's the reason why that came about is because you know people it's so hard to get somebody to read your script. It's it's an investment to read somebody's script. And if somebody reads your script, uh, you owe them like a lunch or something. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's, sure. that's, that's a two hour process. And for me, it's like an eight hour process, <laughs> but you know, it's, um, you know, so, so decks are, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I've, I've honestly, me personally, I've viewed thousands of decks and of the thousands of decks, I think I've saved three of them, uh, that I really dug and I, I check in with the filmmaker from time to time to see where they're at with it. And anytime we've got a little extra money and I think that there's a project or, or somebody wants to produce a project and they don't have a, a something, I'll bring out that deck. And that's the power of a deck is, is if it's really great and it really, really, get, one thing you got to do with the deck is you got to make sure that you really nail the tone. Um, there's a, there's some filmmakers out of, uh, Oklahoma and I've seen their movie before and they, they got this really great, um, 
tone that's just like, you know, history of violence and, and, uh, you know, come hell or high water, um, you know, out of the furnace into the fire, out of the furnace. Um, you know, it's really those slow burn dramas that, you know, are going to pop with some action at the end of the movie, usually with great actors. And I've seen their movie and they know how to get this. And when they have, they use their deck, they use, you know, images from those movies, um, in order to elicit, that uh that tone so i know exactly what i'm getting when i look at this deck and that's really important to to nail down what it's like you know what i mean what can i look at that's similar and so use those movies that inspired you to make the movie use those as your cinematic language within your deck mm, great excellent so next steps so you've got your financing I mean, you obviously, do you make a choice then? Like, where's, you know, like, where's it going to go? You're thinking, you know, is this going to go to festivals or is this going to be, you're wanting, looking for distribution, which is, you know, another place where you come in. So what are the next steps once that's all been understood? Yeah, so, so it depends where you got your money. If you got your money from private equity, you know, you need to make the movie. <clears throat> now, if you got your if you got your money from private equity, a thing that you can do is your money's ready to go. You haven't cast it yet. What's important is still the market. Very important. You know what I mean? You've got your money. Go to the market. Nothing is more attractive to me than a filmmaker who comes already fully loaded with money with private equity, and they're asking for my advice. Oh, I'll give you my advice all day. If you've got money, <laughs> if you've got money, and I've got a chance to take your movie and distribute it. I'm going to tell you the names that I think are going to matter to me. And so you can start asking those questions and that's valuable information. You say, mm -hmm. Hey, who, you know, what actors are valuable within this, you know, because, because I may not want to read your movie. Um, I may not have time, but you say, Hey, I've got this demographic. I got a, uh, you know, forties, you know, Hispanic woman, you know, and she's, uh, you know, that that's, that's the character I'm looking for. And you say, and I say, and you say, uh, you know, what, what name will get me to the finish line? What name will get me either an MG from you, which is a minimum guarantee, which is upfront money, or just what sells, you know, what sells internationally and domestically? Think about that. I'm thinking about it, you know, because because if I can't if I can't make all my money back domestically, I got to make some money back internationally. So sometimes it's like that money ball game. You you you've got the money, you go to the film, you go to the film market, you go to a distributor, you say who sells, you know, internationally within this demographic. And I'll tell you, I'll say, all right, well, this lady, this person, that, and that, that, that information is valuable. And it changes from, it changes from year to year because, you know, all of a sudden somebody flips somebody off at the wrong award show or says the wrong word and, and, and whoever was hot yesterday is gone tomorrow. So, you know, you got to move on these things quickly. Um, so that's that. So, so you start to you start to create your 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 cast based on you know basically market research that I'm doing for you, um, and so that I think is the next step is casting it properly. Let's say you don't have enough money for cast, um, you know what I mean. But you've got a great concept. You've got the money. Again, go to the market, go to the distributors. Say this is the movie, fully financed. Um, you know we're going to go into production pretty soon. Um, if you're interested, you know, we'll keep in touch and, and now you've got some contacts, right? And so, you know, you go to make the movie 
you know, you ask them, you know, hey, if you, you guys want to be, you know, involved in any way, if you want to give us a letter of intent or anything like that, you know, sometimes that'll help you get better cast. Um, but you kind of start to develop your relationships and your list of distributors that you really enjoy their deal. You know what I mean? And again, research, 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 find out who these distributors are, you know, what their relationships are like with their filmmakers. And, you know, you're going to want to go with those kinds of people that, you know, really understand. And so you, st you keep in contact with them. You, you go and make your movie. You've got a list of distributors you're going to bring it to later. Um, you know, you make your movie, you finish it. Um, you, 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 but, but you hang, on up. hang on. How many yeah. people would you cast? Would you bring in to cast for roles that you're putting together? I'm curious about that. Um, at my level where I'm yeah. at, mm -hmm. I'm usually looking at talent that we're just making offers to, um, that have some sellability internationally or domestically when it comes to casting, you know, the smaller characters or maybe a big character that we can't afford to pay a star for that bigger character will audition, you know, will audition until we have the person, um, Oftentimes, because I come from a, a from a, a big group of filmmakers, I'll ask my other filmmakers, who have you worked with and who can we, you know, who will come out and who's fun to work with? You know, who do you enjoy working with? And they'll give me a list of their friends that may not have names, but are talented. And I've been on that list before, which is uh, the best blessing is when I get a just straight to offer, you know, movie. Um, and so we usually first go to the people that we know, which is why, again, it's important to keep that community growing all the time, growing that community because you want to be the person that everybody likes to work with. Um, and, and then, and then you, and then you got to make sure that you're, 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 you're posting your, your acting reel when you get a new acting reel and you're not being needy by, by sending it to the director. Like they know you're, you're an actor. You know what I mean? Like one of my buddies directs pretty big films and, uh, and he go and he, he hired me for a Van Damme movie, and he goes, you know why I hired you? He's like, because you didn't ask me for anything. <laughs> and he goes, because, <laughs> he goes, he goes the move the moment this movie went on IMDb, all my actor friends were like trying to get jobs, and he goes, I know you're an actor, I know you are. He's like, I, I haven't forgotten. He's like, I'll I'll call you if I if I if I if there's a character that makes sense for you. And he's like, you know, but that that kind of there's there's a way to be in somebody's. Uh, peripheral vision without being intrusive or without being needy or without being right. thirsty. You know what I mean? And, and the way to do that is, oh shit, I just saw so-and-so's doing a movie. Let me take him out to dinner and ask <laughs> nothing. You know, let me, let me take him to dinner, ask nothing. Let me show him a good night on the town. Ask for nothing and just be in the, in the vision of somebody and say nothing. And, and if you're friends with somebody, you know, they'll respect that you didn't ask for anything. May, they, they may know what you're doing, <clears throat> but it's respectful and it's not intrusive. Um, you know, and again, you're being of service. You know, this guy's going through a hard time. He's working it out or she's working it out. They're stressed. Let me take some stress off their plate. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't have to look yeah. at it as a, you know, uh, you know, as an exchange. I'm going to do this for him and he's going to do this for me. Nothing could happen from it. Nothing could come from it, and you should be okay with that. But just know that you're 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 relieving some stress of somebody who's going through somebody who's working on something, and you're there in case they need they need you, and you're just a rock that's there. So, right. Wow. Hello. Yeah. Sorry, I had to <clears throat> drink some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, before we you know before we continue, we you know kind of need to wrap up pretty soon. But I just want to say, can you talk about some of the most 
kind of popular, interesting ways that a film can get made and funded, you know? So there's, so you can, you can create a, a proof of concept or a short film and enter into a bunch of film festivals. And at those film festivals, you're looking for executive producers. You know what I mean? When you go to the different, uh, you know, events, anybody that, that's been an EP on anything, go watch the other movies. <clears throat> if something has a lot of quality, you know, stay for the credits, look for the EP, um, look that EP up, find out what their face looks like, show up to the events, buy that person a drink, ask them how they're doing, you know, be organic, be nice, uh, you know, let them know what you did. They'll, they'll ask after you've asked, after you show your appreciation, they'll ask. Um, so now you've got an EP potentially to work with. Um, and you've got this proof of concept short that wants to be a feature. That's one way. Um, you know, and the other way is, like I said, go to markets, see if you could find interest. Once you've got interest, you know what I mean? You, 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 you kind of tailor things and, and take notes. Um, then you have to cast and, and then you have to shoot the damn thing. Um, and then you have to, you know, make sure your post is, is set up for your, for your, your budget, you know, appropriately. And, and once you're done with post, make sure you've got some money for a really great trailer because oftentimes, I don't have the I don't have the time to watch a whole feature and, and I'll I'll skip around your feature just to make sure it's quality before I start watching. So make sure you got a great trailer and it's worth putting that into the budget of your feature film. Um and then um, you know, have that community. Uh then when it comes to selling the movie, you know, make sure that you're linked up with a distributor that, you know, under that 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 isn't, you know, that isn't selling things in bulk and uh make sure that you matter to that person or that they're excited about the project and then you know then it's a relationship from there um but how do you how do you know that the you know how do you find out that the distributor isn't selling things in bulk where, where, how would you know that research 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 go research. on there go on there imdb get imdb pro it's worth it <clears throat> you yes. can look at how many how many projects do they have in the year of 2023 and see how many movies they have. If they have a hundred movies in the year of 2023 that they're distributing, there's a high chance they're selling in bulk and that you're not going to have, you're not going to get any of their attention. You know what I mean? And, and, and you have to look at those movies and, and, and check out each of those movies and see, you know, get, get an estimate, get an idea of what kind of talent is in those movies. So you're like, okay, this, this person's taken a bunch of sometimes garbage and selling it for bulk. Um, so it's all about research and it's all at the tip of your finger and it's just about taking time. Like anybody who says, you know, I don't know how to do this. It's like, there is, there are tools out here and I'm telling you what they are and it's not, and it's not hard to do the, to do the work. You, you just have to find the time. You know what I mean? And you, you can do it at the gym. I do it. I do a lot of my work at the gym when I'm at what I, I'll, I'll be on a stair climber or on a treadmill, just walking and, 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 and checking emails and, 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 and watching people's trailers and doing all sorts of stuff and looking people up to see if there's value. And, and you have to do the same thing. You know what I mean? You have to really research these places because again, this is going to be a relationship for seven to 10 years, um, for distribution. And it takes that long, right? Well, the contracts are generally, well, international contracts are never below seven to 10 years domestically. Um, you know, they're usually around seven to 10 years. Um, even though they know that your movie is going to be most potent for the first three years. Um, after that, you know, you're what's considered a library title, meaning you do get sold in bulk with other movies. Um, 
you know what I mean? And so that's kind of like, you know, that's just kind of par for the course. Um, but if you want to retain certain rights and they're willing to work with you, you know, you could feel all this stuff out with conversations that you have with them. Hmm. Wow. That's, that seems like a long time, but I guess not really if you're investing in just an, in a film and distributing it and putting all the money up, right? To do yeah. That. I mean, I mean, for us, our, we have um, we have minimums we have to hit every year to hold on to your movie for the first three years, just so that you you know we did that because we we started off as filmmakers as well we still are filmmakers and we still we still send our movies that we make ourselves to other distributors, like uh, Trauma Therapy Psychosis is with a company called Quiver right now and I, me and my partner wrote it and, and acted in it and and we found the pri we found private equity to finance it <clears throat> and then we gave it to Quiver to see what they did because it's part of our market market research is we put our other our movies out there to see what filmmakers are 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 experiencing with new distributors and so so we um so so we we kind of learn and our thing is you know if you know, if we can't make you money in the first year we don't want to hold on to your movie you know what i mean we don't want to hold you uh, hostage because our movies in the past have made no money in the first year and there's no recourse um, not every filmmaker is going to do that no, i'm sorry not every distributor is not going to do that we're very rare in that regard um so yeah. So, um, what are the pitfalls? Do you think of you know of avoiding pitfalls with you know producing your film and 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 production process that can be avoided? I think the biggest pitfalls is <clears throat> a arguing over money that doesn't exist yet, mm -hmm. and percentage and percentages that don't exist yet. Um, so people will not even get a movie off the ground because them and their partners can't agree on a percentage of mm. something that doesn't exist. Don't worry about the percentage until you've got something moving. Um, that's number one. Number two, ego. Um, you know, oh, the pitfalls, yeah. ego will destroy something, you know, uh, faster than, than, than lightning. And, uh, you know, recognize when there's an ego in the room and if you have to step away from it or if you have to, you know, learn how to mitigate it if you have, if you can. Um, but ego will, will ruin things. It'll ruin creativity. It'll ruin relationships. Um, and it's just not, you know, it's, it's a can, it's a cancer to any creative endeavor. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's another one. And then <clears throat> I would also say, um, people making movies for the wrong reason. If you're making, uh, you know, movies to make, to make money, um, man, there's so many other ways to make money and it's so much easier to make money doing anything else. I have friends that left the film industry and became millionaires in other, you know, in other, in other places. And, uh, and, 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 and it's, they're like, they're like, gosh, life is so easy. There's such a clear path to every other industry other than this. <laughs> and so, um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to make money and, and, and you have private equity and they need that money back, man, be careful because it is a crapshoot. It is a artistic endeavor, you know, oftentimes it takes people investing money that don't need the money back. And that's the best case scenario is when they don't need the money back. The other case scenario is when a professional company is, is investing money because you've created a product that, you know, has a path forward, you know what I mean? Has the elements, um, you know, of success. Uh, so, 
so yeah and then the other thing is people making money people making movies for attention you know people that just want attention that's when you start to get it into the world of um delusion um people that really need the attention and they 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 need to be told they're a good boy or girl and 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 so they they started getting into the arts because they they want to be more popular and and they want more followers and and that never that that never feels genuine and 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 those people become quite disillusioned because they are delusional about what they're creating because you know and the, that that's another part of ego is some people there's a there's a thing called talent blindness and I witness talent blindness um, all the time. And it's people that just don't know what quality is. They, they'll look at the movie Dune and then they'll look at Sharknado and they'll be like, it's pretty much the same thing, right? It's like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all recognize those things, you know. <laughs> oh, we definitely don't all recognize that. <laughs> I've, I have met the people that handed me chicken shit and thought it was chicken salad. And I was like, oh, oh wow. geez. So, so and, and, yeah, I mean, I have this question. Everybody perks up in the office when they hear me ask it. Is uh, if I if I I don't like to I don't like letting people walk away thinking that they have chicken salad um, because I don't want them to come back next year and waste my time, and I don't want them to waste anybody else's time or their time or money, and I don't want them to give a a, a film investor, um, you know, a bad taste in their mouth of film because that film investor could find their way to me someday. So it's selfish that I tell them the story, but. Anytime somebody brings me a project and I look at it and it's awful and they don't know it's awful, or maybe they do, I ask this question to find out. And everybody in the office, when they hear me say this statement, they all perk up and they're like, oh shit, I want to see what this is. I go, I ask the question, I say, let me ask you a question. How many, how many compromises did you make while making this film? And if they go, oh, well, you know, we didn't get the DP we wanted. We didn't get the lenses we wanted. Uh, we missed, you know, we, we only got to make it in six days. We were supposed to have 12 days. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. This person is reasonable. You know, they know that they've made, you know, they've made these, these, these decisions. And I say, all right, well, it's a loaded question. I go, you've made too many compromises for me to sell your movie. But if you make less, but congratulations on making the movie and I'm impressed at what you did, you know, make less compromises and I'll acquire your movie next year, hundred percent, I guarantee, uh, you know, you've got my, I'll give you a letter of intent for your next movie even, um, because they're reasonable. But then every once in a while I'll say, how many compromises did you make in the, in the making of this movie? And they go, none. It's exactly what I wanted. I think it's amazing. And they're trying to either the, either a, they're delusional and they don't know what good is or bad is, or B they're trying to spin a yarn in, you know, they're, they're, they're literally, you know, peeing on you and, 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 and telling you it's rain. And it's, and they think that like, if they can convince you that they like it, then you should like it. And that's BS. And so if they say I made no compromises, they're not a reasonable person. Therefore they're delusional. And I say, well, I'm sorry that I, I, it's just not for us. We're, we're not interested, but thanks for coming in. You know what I mean? Because I can't, mm. I can't, I can't reason with somebody like that. You know, no, they're not ready for any, they're not ready to grow. They think they know everything and, and they're talent blind. <laughs> and, and many other words. <laughs> attached to that. You know, I mean, you know, people have a million different lives and I have empathy for anybody who's gone through something that turned them into a creature that doesn't see the reality. And, and that's sad, um, you know, but it, it has, it, it's a dangerous place 
to be in this industry because I've watched, you know, amazing car salesmen sell people a bill of goods that they that they couldn't they couldn't, you know, they couldn't, you know, bring out and, and they'll they'll take money from from grandma, you know what I mean, which is supposed to go to some to, to something else important and they'll they'll spend it on a movie that they have no experience to make and they're just great salesmen and it's a real sad story when they create a, a piece of garbage because they wanted attention. They wanted to feel like a big shot. And I think I just I hate when that happens. I have a couple of questions for you. Sure. Uh, AJ Dean is asking what complex <coughs> issues of our time should be made into film? I'm sorry? What complex issues of our time should be made into a film? Or should be well, made into a film? Well, complex issues, issues about time. I mean, are you trying to inspire a script idea right now? <laughs> 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 I, would, I would say, I mean, Benjamin Button did it really. Benjamin Button did it really well, where, where you know, youth is wasted on the young. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, the, the idea that we live life, you know, the best parts of life are when we have the least amount of experience and knowledge. And the most difficult parts of life is, is when you're, you know, when, when, when challenges are, are your, your physical body, you know? I mean, that's, I think that's, that, I think that's always an interesting concept. And it's something that I struggle with all the time as somebody who, you know, was very young and was stuck inside of a body that didn't work. But isn't it easy when you're young to fail more and make it make it back up again than when you're older and you have all that experience and you beat yourself up more? I mean, isn't that I wouldn't, how it goes? I wouldn't know. I've been old since I was 16. Oh, babes. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can relate. I can relate, David. <laughs> After cancer, I was just like, well, it wasn't as bad as that. <laughs> so every time I failed, I was like, eh, oh, well. <laughs> Who cares, right? You know, perspective, perspective is a beautiful thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it really is. So as we're wrapping up here, David, why don't you just, you know, just as a kind of brief outline what Glasshouse Productions does um, so that everyone knows, you know, how to get hold of you and so on. Yeah, so Glasshouse is a film and television distribution company by filmmakers for filmmakers. We started as a sales agency internationally, so we do represent films worldwide. Um, you know, we, we, we are genre agnostic. We we're, we're, we're down for any genre. We're primarily looking for quality in our films. And, uh, if, uh, and, uh, you know, we're, I'm pretty easy to reach David at glasshousedistribution.com. I, it should be in my, I think I still have a, I think I still have an about me. Yeah. And then also you can check out our website to see if your film makes sense for us, um, at glasshousedistribution.com or bloodhousefilms.com, which is our horror, um, our horror uh, side, which is really, it's the same company. It's just, it's a lot easier for buyers to look at Bloodhouse and be like, I know what they want. Um, I love that. I totally um, love that. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm also available as an actor through Versa. Yes, um, we know that. <laughs> but um, in terms of distribution, you know, we're, 
we're, we're, we're down to work with uh, filmmakers. We are more realistic than most people. We are going to, you know, we, we, we always want to, uh, you know, undersell and overperform. So we're going to be the most realistic, you know, idea for you. We're not in the pro we're not really taking script ideas. We're not taking anything that doesn't have financing attached right now. We're financing primarily in house right now. So don't worry about pitching me on your movie if it hasn't been finished or anything. Um, you know, from time to time, if I have, if I have it, um, I will offer recommendations or suggestions, you know, if, if you're not asked nicely about, you know, what direction you should take your project in. Um, I'm also an independent producer as well. And so, you know, if a project makes sense and you want to bring me on to, you know, advise and, and things like that, I'm, I'm open to that as well. Um, there's a company, um, there's a company called, uh, what is it called? Or... RRFC. So it's um, so it's recording radio film connection and Casa Schools. Uh, I'm also a paid mentor there. So um, if you're in interested in paid mentorship, I guess you could talk to them. I'm not. I don't. I didn't really get into it until they reached out to me, and then I got a student, and it was pretty cool. So I do do some mentoring. Um, and then in terms of distribution, you know, we're taking films that are finished. Um, I also have a list of our, de our deliverables list is on my, uh, profile for, you know, for, for, uh, for this, for, uh, what's it called again? Clubhouse for Clubhouse. Um, so you can see, so, so I have that available if you're making a movie and you need to know what distributors are requiring for deliveries, um, of the project. I have that listed in my, in my bio and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you. Um, thank you very much for being here and, and sharing your story. Um, I, uh, Michael Luliani, he said, um, do you, is, is, it, is Glasshouse moving towards creating co-production deals? And if so, what would these be? Would these be international? Yeah, we, I mean, we, you know, to a degree. So, you know, in the micro budget space, so usually around 50 to $30,000, we will be doing, we, we, we are interested in some co-production um, and we do represent the films worldwide. Um, yeah, and it's, it, we're, we're very, fairly selective because we do do a lot of stuff in house and uh and we do also do a lot of repeat customers listen if you if we've sold your movie in the past and we know what you can do quality wise we'll usually go back to those people that we've worked with in the past so it's a little difficult to get in because we need to see a proof of concept we need to see what you can do for that little that tiny amount of budget um in terms of co-production on a larger scale <clears throat> if there's financing you know already in place um, we will come on, you know, and co-produce. I'll come on and co-produce. And, you know, oftentimes if I'm not bringing money, I'll bring, you know, the the value of understanding the names that matter in the market. Um, but that is part of a, a, a an actual partnership is, you know, that information is, is super, super valuable. And so we don't just hand that out to anybody. Oh, that's fantastic. So final thoughts, David, as we wrap up our room. <laughs> if you could make money doing anything else, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I would say, you know, really consider your um, 
like I said before, uh, your your compromises when making your movie, and and, and also when creating your your portfolio um, as a filmmaker. You know, really, really think hard about what you're going to compromise because those compromises add up. And uh, if you've made too many compromises too often, people start to look at you like you're delusional, like you don't know what quality is. So if it, it, it does matter, take your time, um, take a longer period of time to get the right team together. If it takes longer to raise the right amount of money, raise the right amount of money. Um, be realistic. You know, start off if you're starting off small and you know what you're doing and you know this is going to be an educational situation, you know, don't be realistic with who you bring the movie to be realistic with how you create the movie. Um, you know, you, there's things that you can compromise that, that, that people aren't going to lose sleep over, but then there's things that you can't compromise on. You can't compromise on sound. You can't compromise on actors. You have to have grounded, great actors. It, you can't just think you can act and then jump in the, in, in, in the ring with Ali. You have to, that's a, that's a terrible Fast and the Furious, uh, yes. reference, <laughs> but anyway, you, you, you really need to, um, to, to, to recognize, like, I won't, I won't forgive bad acting. I won't forgive bad sound. And when it comes to an image, if it's, if, if you don't have the greatest camera or lenses, make sure your frames are great. Make sure, you know, you've done your, your work when it comes to, you know, uh, cinematography so that even if you don't have the most expensive stuff, study the greatest, you know, the greatest uh, cinematography in, 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 in the world and try to emulate that to a degree. If you're a screenwriter, read scripts. If you're, if you're an actor, if you're a filmmaker, read scripts and then take your favorite script and watch the movie after you've read the script and go along with it and see what ended up on screen, what didn't end up on, on screen. Do your homework, you know what I mean? There's a lot of education that you could do on your own and do it. It's available. You've got YouTube. They can give you lots of answers there. And again, the things that I told you, read scripts, watch movies. Um, and then if you're writing, you know, read script, read, read the scripts that inspired you to make that movie and understand how they articulated what, what, what we're seeing, you know, it's a visual medium. And so you have to articulate that, 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 that image. And so, you know, read and steal from them. You know what I mean? How did they describe that? Okay. I can describe it in a similar way. You know what I mean? And once you've read enough scripts, you'll be able to do yours the way you want it to want to, and then be genuine and be of service and try to help people anywhere, anywhere, anywhere you can. And be, but I mean, be specific and selective with who you help and how you help them. Um, and, and know that you may get nothing from it, but at least you're surrounding yourself with people that have a, a, sim a similar goal. And even if you're just through osmosis, learning what they're going to teach on a stage someday, that's worth your time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm still processing <laughs> everything that you're saying. I love it. You're very inspiring, David. You inspired a lot of people today. So thank you for being here and turning up for us and, and giving us your story because it's, it's wonderful. And also guiding us through the journey of, you know, of film distribution. It's, it's, uh, you've given us a lot of, you know, pause for thought here and get into action and get our stuff going. But like you say, take your time, do it right, find the right team. All of those things are very much part of the journey. Because you'll either be inspired, everyone will inspire each other, and you get more creative, you create more energy for what you're doing, and push things forward much easier.
All right, then. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you, David. Thank you, Zachary. And, of course, we'll see you all here next week. Thank you very much. 10 o'clock. Scotty Mullen is back with his talks on, um, on, on how to cast. So let's, uh, let's have a wonderful week in the meantime and see you next week. Thank you, everyone.